Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is once again in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio following a very busy week for both of us. I actually did shit this week. Ooh, look at you. Yeah, look at me. Doing and, stuff. Uh, <laughs> you were running around, but while we were doing that, a whole lot was going on in the world. Um, frankly, it's tough to know where to start, Yeah. Um, but let's start with CPAC because it's happening and it's showing what a state of craziness the Republican Party is right now. Yep. I mean, Trump is clearly the CPAC darling. Ron DeSantis didn't even show up. If that guy can't call himself a conservative... What in the actual fuck? Um, I don't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't phrase it that way. All I right. think again. I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, well, it's not that. I think again, Ron DeSantis wants to focus on governing because again, he. Why wants, would he do that? Oh, it's a job. Sorry. No, but not I, not for because he cares. I but <laughs> I mean, again, I think this goes to he's not going to enter campaign mode until he absolutely has to. And he is going to continue to let Trump and the Trump surrogates like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and all them continue to just talk crazy and be ridiculous. Um, and he's going to continue to do things uh, that he counts as wins, right? Like his, his bill got signed into law about Disney, right? Where he can pick the right. board and all that other stuff. And they're no longer a special tax district in Florida, I gotcha. Like, okay. That, that's actually kind of a big deal. Well, for it is a big deal for Disney, but I mean, you know, who's going to pay for that? It's the people in those areas, in those counties where. Uh, it's the Dis- tourists that come to Disney who's going to pay for it. No, it's both because, like, look, that all of a sudden, that where Disney is, like, they are going to have to raise the taxes on the residents, and the oh, residents yeah, are going to yeah. have to, like, they're they're going to pay, right? Along with the tourists that come to Disney. Uh, and you know, but tax, but Ron DeSantis is going to show that as a win. Like, look, I got the the damn Disney Empire to pay because they said something I didn't just I didn't agree with politically or vice versa or whatever. Um, now, you know, there's over I think 1,500 special tax districts, if not more, than uh, in the state of Florida. It's a common thing there. So this is not about getting rid of special tax tax districts in Florida. It's about getting rid of. It's about you know punishing Disney right. because of what they said that didn't align with what he was saying. Right, um, and it was all over LGBTQ. Yeah, it was and, the and, you yeah, know the, the, don't, the don't say, say gay, gay law, which, which was whatever. Again, you know the Democrats love to do that, right? Like they love to give stuff a name, right? That is that makes it the most derogatory or the most uh, you know that makes it sound the most ridiculous, and they champion it, right? And then like. They get pushback just because of the names that they choose, and then they will argue, well, see, we did it, and everybody's talking about it. It's like, yeah, but then in turn, like, what did you lo- what did you lose versus what did you gain in doing that? And they're not – I don't know if there's enough wins there I mean, to really justify it. They, they've, they've, the branding by the Democrats historically has been awful. The most blatant example I can think of right now is defund the police. They, yep. and, you know, Republicans then ran with that and said – Oh, you want to make police bankrupt and not what the intention was, but you put that stupid fucking label on it. And now you've got to tap dance around the label 
yep. rather than the substance of it. You know, so, uh, you know, just going back to DeSantis, I think a lot of this is a part of his plan. Again, I don't think it's, you know, him not wanting to go to CPAC because he's not conservative enough or whatever. But I think he wants to create the separation between himself and Trump. Right. He wants to show that there's distinctions. He wants to show his leadership as a governor with experience in governing to say, I'm going to bring you the same type of conservatism, if not better than Trump. And here's my track record of success in government to show that I can do it. And he's like, listen, he's not going moderate. He's not going middle of the road. He's not, oh, trying, definitely not. He's not trying to attract independent voters. Uh, he's just like, he's, he's going after Trump's base. You know, it's just like, and he's got some of it now. And I think he's banking on himself. And, and on Twitter, we get people all the time. Everything with Ron DeSantis, that's not going to play nationally. He may, you know, play well in Florida. But when the rest of the country meet, they're not going to like him. And I talked to a reporter that said they don't like him. And I talked to this Florida government person who doesn't like him. And he's not going to play well in the rest of the country. And it's like, okay, well, it's funny you say that because... Ron DeSantis has introduced a number of different types of bills that have been mimicked by other states, right? All, almost all of them either south of the Mason-Dixon line or out west that are typically red states. And he does it, they try it, right? And so uh, whether it's, you know, Texas, you've got the same type of book banning that you've got uh, down in Florida, you've got Missouri, Iowa, like they all have these similar things in, in those places where they're doing similar things that Florida is doing, and you've got those states that voted for Trump on more than one occasion. Uh, those, they, like, if, if Ron DeSantis gets out ahead of Trump, I'm sorry, he's going to play well in those states that have typically gone red and have gone to Trump, right? Ron DeSantis is going to play well in Ohio. Ron DeSantis is going to compete in Pennsylvania. He's going to win in West Virginia. Right, like so, this idea that oh, he's, people aren't going to like him. He's too abrasive. Whatever. Again, the MAGA constituents, the conservatives, Republican, like he's anti DNC. He's anti Democrat. He's anti left. He's anti progressive. He's anti woke. He's anti left wing. All that stuff. It checks all the boxes. Dude's going to run through the whole country, right? Like so. The and really, it comes down to what do the Democrats do to counter it. Um, and we'll see. The NFL Combine is going on right now. Ron DeSantis is, equipped, is essentially the quarterback that says, I'm not going to throw at the Combine. I'll wait until yeah. the right time. And now that's, I'm gonna... that's exactly that. You know, I'm going to wait for my pro day. Yep. And for him, yep. pro day is when campaign season actually gets there. Like, again, yeah. folks, it's remember, 2023. Yeah. It's, it's March of 23. The election is in November of 24. Right. So right. we're looking like, at like so nine, we, 10 months until it's really. Right. I mean, we got. A year and a half, 18 months before we're actually voting. Ron DeSantis is in no rush, right? All these people that everybody talked about, like, people have already forgotten that Larry, Ho Larry Hogan is running for president, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that you're jabbing me with that. No, you know I'm, I'm not. But no, what I'm saying is, like, think about it. But I think it, Larry Hogan also was a guy who's not jumping into the fray now because it doesn't do him any good. Or, I mean, so... Uh, Agreed, but then why even make the announcement? Then uh, there's that. <laughs> I know. I think probably making the announcement because of, you, to fundraise and just you know quietly try to to build some momentum. I mean, if you're Larry Hogan, you're trying to do something to restore the Republican Party to sanity. I you're don't disagree, but I mean, like again, this is strategy, right? Sure. And you need to be good at it. And so you can absolutely continue to you can absolutely fundraise for a presidential campaign 
in other ways, different types of PACs, different types of fundraising uh, uh, organizations that don't necessarily declare, because there's other things, there's campaign finance, there's other rules that dictate how that money is used and everything else. So it makes sense to wait. That's why Joe Biden waited so late last time sure. to declare, right? Because he wanted to maximize the money he could raise before things got official, right? And then he jumped in at a right time to where thing, it was just like, oh my God, Joe Biden's in the race. And right. then boom, things shift. DeSantis is going to follow a very similar sort of thing. He may not wait quite as long as Joe Biden did, but I promise you DeSantis is going to wait It'll be uh, it'll be months before oh, sure. he, he fully pro- engages. I would, in I would guess interviews. November of twenty three. Uh, another person to watch to come in late uh, on the Republican side is Chris Sununu. He's governor of New Hampshire. New Hampshire yep. um, and he's a guy to watch because he's got some appeal. He's very anti left, very very anti democratic. But in the state of New Hampshire, um, he's able to get some things done on a bipartisan level. He's not nearly as hostile and aggressive as DeSantis. I think in a normal world, he plays. He probably actually plays better than a DeSantis, definitely than a Trump. I don't know if he's combative enough to get in there, but I think he could mix it up with those guys and actually make a strong push on the GOP primary if and when he gets in. He hasn't said it. He said he wasn't going to, but the more I listen to him talk in some of these interviews, the more I read, the more it feels like he's a guy to watch that jumps into the race later. We should just briefly mention that Nikki Haley did attend CPAC, and she got mixed, a mixed greeting. She got booed a little bit, mm-hmm. a little. And I think a lot of the, the the MAGA crowd, which is what CPAC has become, wants Nikki Haley to be his running mate. So they want that, and so they don't want to completely trash her, but they also don't want to support her because that would be defying the glorious leader. Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, I think she'll she'll fade out of this thing before it actually matters but yeah we'll see i mean if if trump gets a nomination i could see her being the one who bowed out early and then yeah gets swept back up as yeah, a sort of a Kamala, a Kamala harris type yeah situation. not too different not too different um all right so <laughs> my girl marjorie taylor green is it marjorie green anyway uh she claimed she was attacked in a dc restaurant where people ran up to her and used the f word and these vicious liberals are terrible and I'm like, all right, first of all, you made a name for yourself by running up to the door of AOC and screaming in her fucking mail slot. So a little bit of hypocrisy here. By that, I mean a ton of hypocrisy. And I actually have a question for you. Mm. If you were going to be aggressively approached by someone, what would make you more uncomfortable? Being aggressively approached by someone in your office or at a restaurant? Uh both equally well, no, no, really? like, so to I, me I mean, office is worse it, they're both like don't, they're both bad I'm not, listen I'm, you know me and food and eating <laughs> are you serious like I didn't I, think I, they were touching your food touching your food would cause like, I'm just uh, alright you're eating I, in your office or you're eating in a restaurant and either I think both like I think when once you get to the point where you're invading someone's personal space whether it's like my office is probably a little bit different because I've got recourse in terms of security i've got other whatever like it's true it's it's still but it's different that's violating your space versus being in public but if i'm in public and a person is is close right screaming and yelling at me like if i'm if they're one table over screaming and yelling at me or standing over me yelling at me i i'm again neither's good but to me in terms of impact i I just like because here's the thing in my office 
right? Like, if she's doing it on Capitol Hill, there's witnesses. Like, I mean, not that there's not witnesses yeah. or whatever, no, I, but I, I you get got, your point. It's just, it's a different sort of thing where it's like, all right, like, look, back the fuck up, get out of my mouth. Like, I'm going to just, how about this? I'm going to just call security and whatever, they'll deal with you, right? I don't have to open my door. I'm at a restaurant. There's really nothing between me and that person. I don't know if there's anyone there that can stop this person. Um, and I'm going to be more inclined to handle it myself if it happens if it happens to me in person. You know, and you've, it, you've probably, yeah. seen I, that I, experience. I, I, I've intervened in that experience. Right. I mean, like, so I, I just, I, you know, I, 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 listen, she's a ridiculous person that is she not is. a serious person. Um, but she is a congressperson, which yeah. is absurd. Um, you know, she, she pulled this stunt uh, last week or a couple weeks ago where she has this mother um, oh, yeah. talking about her sons who died of uh, fentanyl overdoses. Yep. And listen, this mother was, I mean, she's clearly distraught. Her sons died in 2020. Um you know, early early 2020, Trump is still in the White House. Um, you know, they thought they were getting Percocet. It wasn't loaded with fentanyl. They die. Um, you know, and she's she's going she's saying all the right things, and then she goes on to blame Biden. Then she goes on to blame uh, Biden and uh, the money, the COVID money, because they used the COVID money to buy. The I didn't drugs. hear that angle. Fucking right. Angle. You know, and it's just like okay, guys. A um, couple things. One, when her sons died, Trump was actually still the one in the White House, right? Like, right. you know, this was before January 6th, actually, that they died. They died in, like, December. So Trump had lost, but it's not Biden's government yet. But, you know, like, so there's, there's that. And then there's the blaming the COVID money. It's like, oh, by the way, Trump was the one who was in office. Remember? Right. Trump made the big deal about his name being on the checks. I, I was about to go there. To go to everyone with the, with the whole COVID money to show that he was saving everybody. Um you know, so I, I get you know, like you're you're they're pointing all the blame at Biden and everything else, but you know, just a lot of miss. It, clearly, she's being used for political reasons. She's probably coached on what to say, or maybe she actually believes it. I don't know. All I know, um, it's just another stunt from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, and uh, again, part of my issue though, like with you bringing this whole thing with her being attacked, we really shouldn't give that shit, you know, any sort of oxygen. You know, and, and I get why you do. It's like, oh, well, yeah. you got to talk about it because, like, yeah, but that's that they rely it's, it's on a, that. It's a double-edged sword, though, because right. you say you're like, you're not talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene and the vicious liberals. Okay, now we're not talking about it. Talk about it. No, nah, but I, I think look, there's Marjorie Taylor Greene does and says enough that's worth it. But like that sort of stunt, like that is a stunt. We don't even know if it actually happened. Right? Have you, have There's you, that. You know, like, did, like who else saw this? Was the person actually, or was it someone she fucking paid? I don't know. Right? And, I and, I, know and listen, she's ridiculous enough where those are, like, there are other instances where people question whether something happened when it comes to political officials, and I'm usually willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, conservative or Republican, because people are fucking crazy. Right? Like right, we've seen we've seen people approach Ted Cruz and get really shitty with him. Yeah, we've seen people do it to Tucker Carlson. We've seen people do it to a lot of different yeah. people. So I don't necessarily not believe it when people say it. And the issue with Ted Cruz got caught on camera. Tucker Carlson caught on camera. Right. Um, some of these other people caught on camera. This, like, I haven't seen any video from it. There's no one corroborating it. Did it actually happen? Who actually did it? And and I just hate giving her more attention. 
than she already gets because she puts herself in this position True. intentionally and she doesn't care about her reputation. She doesn't have integrity. None of that shit matters. It's all about just continuing to push a narrative, push a narrative, just beat people over the head with it, get who you can get on your side. Eventually you'll have enough numbers. She knows she's good in her district. They don't care how crazy she gets, right? Like she's been caught in lies. She's been caught, you know, with her involvement in January 6th. She's been caught all these different ways, right? No one cares. She still got voted in overwhelmingly. So, yep. you know, and it gets a candidate that I thought was solid. Uh, so she has no reason not to do this and she's going to continue to do it. And frankly, I don't want to continue to have to address every bullshit thing that comes out of her mouth that she does. She is a fucking congressman for some shit region in Georgia. I don't give a fuck what she does, right? Now, if we're talking about stuff on the on the uh, um, uh, House uh, or the Homeland Security Committee or whatever, the, you know, the committee... She's on the Ethics Committee, I think. Whatever. I, I, the committee she's on, when she's acting yep. an asshole that way, that matters. When she's talking about the random shit that probably didn't happen in real life, I'm not. I'm not giving that shit oxygen anymore. We're just. We're just right. not going to do it. I, I, they, I, because again, that's what they thrive off of. They don't care. They, they. They lie. They. They make shit up. They pay people to get involved with this stuff because it all drums up. It gets some clicks and views, and it gets their name in other people's mouths. And as long as you're talking about them, right? If you say anything bad about them, then you're the. You know, you're the liberal media that's trying to silence them and, and you're all this other stuff. You're a communist and whatever. Right? Like, so fuck her. I don't right. care. By the way, at CPAC, Sean Hannity showed up, licked Trump's boots in a way that was disturbing, and then pointed to the back row of the media and said, you're fake news. So now that twat is spouting the fake news thing, which brings us to Dominion and the lawsuit. So I mean, Fox has been exposed. I mean, we didn't talk about this nearly as much as we probably should have. No, I mean, look, I... I don't I, I disagree. I think we talked about it the right amount. We know we've known this about Fox forever. Now they're saying they had to now say there's it evidence. Out, right? Like not only have they said it out loud in some of their own testimony, you've got evidence from their text messages, from their emails, how they operate. And like none of that is a surprise. Uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch testified. Yeah. Yes, we spew bull he didn't say we sp spew bullshit, but he might as well have. Yeah. I and, mean, and we've we've known that they know that they that they know right, what they're doing. Right. We've but, known this. But when you're on the stand and suddenly yeah, like there's I mean, no consequences right. I mean, for lying. Yeah, well, I mean the consequence is going to be to the tune of a few billion dollars. Uh, and they've got the money to pay it. And it will be damaging. That's a lot of money though. Okay. Well, Two billion dollars. Okay, well they're worth twenty. Are so they? Um, okay. I think they'll be so fine. Fine. Ten percent of your net worth getting I'm not, flushed. Listen, and, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, it sucks. They're not going to pay. They're not going to pay two billion though. If no, they, they're if they not. Lose, exactly. They'll, That's they'll, the thing. Like, come on, guys. They'll kick like, the can down the road. They'll kick it down the road. With there's, appeals. Like, and, there's other. They'll get money for different. Like, listen. That that that's the thing. Like. Again, like there will be some accountability. They'll lose this. They'll probably put it on appeal. They'll probably lose that too. They'll, they'll be but ordered to pay years. it. Like, yeah, I mean, like before anybody is writing a check. Now, if they were smart, they would just shut it down, right? Well, I think they want to. I think Dominion said, "Fuck no, they're not going to settle it." They're not. Oh. Dominion's absolutely not going to settle okay. it. Okay, but that's look, what I thought you were saying. If like, you uh, get what I'm saying is, like, look, you get a guilty verdict. Much as you don't want to pay this, right? Like, just fucking pay it and get get it done. That's what I would do, right? Like, even if you strung, like, you, like you, you've already. Here's the thing. You've already like, what are you going to appeal? 
But no, you've got you will find a way. You've got him on the stand saying what they're doing. You've got the evidence right there, right? Like so I don't even like they're gonna try to appeal it. I don't think it gets heard on appeal. You know, unless you have yeah, some I, other that's true. You unless just automatically the get only it. like I, the only way I see there being some sort of appeal if there's some sort of uh, procedural error that the that happens on the plaintiff side that will open the door for an appeal, but like they don't automatically get an appeal just because yeah. they're Fox and they got a lot of money, right? They, like, they, can, they can file it. They're going to file it, but stall things. And then I mean, it doesn't stall it that long. Okay. Cause you file it, it gets reviewed and then it gets punted. Right. I mean like it may be six months or whatever, but what is that really buying you? Like you're thinking, Oh, it's going to go to appeal and that's going to take a year and a half. And then yeah. they go through the thing and it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. it's going to be five years. Nah, this is, you know how this case they're going to wait. They're going to spend some time before they file the appeal, or they may turn around and file the file the appeal immediately after. And if they if they file the appeal immediately after, they're, they're stupid if they're trying to buy time to kick this thing down the road because that starts the clock on when it gets reviewed, and they can have an answer back in a month that says "fuck you," pay them, and then what? Who are you going to appeal to then? Well, we're going to appeal to somebody else. We're going to appeal to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's going to be like, no, sorry. Like, right. You're going to take that loss. Speaking of Supreme Court appeals. You like that. The, I did. Good up for nice, nice, nice job. Well done. Um, so we talked a couple weeks ago about um, a, a follow-up attempt to get the put Trump back in the White House lawsuit and it would go to, to go in front of the Supreme Court. So they had previously been presented with this case. They rejected it. It was presented again and... Rejected. Rejected. Yeah, I mean, it, look, even Jenna Ellis, who was, you know, the Trump, whatever she was for Trump in, during his administration, came out and said, look, these guys don't have an actionable claim, right? Like, they don't have a single actionable claim. Um, this is the right call. And this is Jenna Ellis, who's, you know, she's an attorney or whatever, but she's been very ridiculous in the media with Trump per everyone associated with him. Um, you know what's interesting? We haven't heard a thing from Stephen Miller since the end of the Trump administration. Not, Not much, no. Um, but, uh, side note, sorry. Squirrel no, distracted. <laughs> um, but, you know, like Jenna Ellis comes out and says, look, look, there's, there's nothing. And then these guys are just like, it's two brothers. I forget where they're from, but they're like, we're going to go to Plan C. You know, and it's just like, she's like, I don't, I don't know what Plan C is. I did hear like, that. She's like, there's, I, I don't know what possibly plan C could be, but if it's from a legal standpoint, they don't have a leg to stand on, which everybody knew. The fact that it even got this far is ridiculous, but okay. Um, you know, when they when the two brothers said they were going to plan C, I'm not going to lie, I did get a little bit nervous, not because I thought that it would be something that could, you know, there's no, nothing they can do from a legal standpoint. My concern is with people like this who are this disillusioned, um, that plan C is something violent. And, okay. and I think that I would keep an eye well, on these guys, right? Um, and hopefully they try to bring another bullshit case that gets punted or whatever. But I just get concerned with people like who go all in on something like this. Like, listen, getting a case to the Supreme Court is not easy or cheap. And if you're doing that, then that, that means you, you believe in something. You may not believe the shit that you're spewing, but there's something driving you to actually do this. And if you're that devoted to get rejected by the Supreme Court multiple times, I believe that there's something in you to the point where you, I, I just think that there's a risk there and we need to be aware of that with, with the people that are bringing this case. That's, the, okay. that's all I'm saying. So, so kind of shifting gears, but sticking with Trump for a second, 
I think it was Trump who said, he's, again, he's throwing, throwing red meat to the, the, the crowd, and he said we should bring back the firing squad. Well, hold on. Before you do that, uh, before, we go to, before we get to this, there's, there's one other Supreme Court case that I want to bring up. Um, the SCOTUS heard this week oral arguments on the student loan debt oh, forgiveness yeah, okay. program. Um, and it's essentially two cases that were merged together. Uh, and, you know, one is the states saying that they're, it's, you know, red states that are, you know, pro-Trump and anti-helping anyone uh, saying that they're being harmed by this because companies that um, service student loans are in their states and this will hurt them financially, thus hurting the states financially, thus they have standing. There's an argument that they didn't have standing because, like, their states, how could they? Uh, but then there were two people who were actually people who had student loans who didn't qualify for them. So even if the states get punted, right, because they don't have standing, um, and we heard the oral arguments, and I don't believe that they were. I think the, the court let that ride. Uh, you're still looking at, you know, the people who actually couldn't argue that they were harmed by this because their loans weren't forgiven. Um and I, th I think it's a, listen, I think that the uh, administration loses this case. I think that it's going to get rejected. I think it's going to be, what they're going to say is that the president overstepped his powers uh, in, you know, with the executive order, that Congress has the power of the purse, that this needed to be done through Congress. Um, because, and listen, it is a lot of money to sit there and say, look, as a person who has student loans north of $200,000, you know, there's a lot of people out there, and even though, like, no, listen, for me, whether this goes through or not, I don't actually give a shit because it, it's, the, the, it would knock 10 grand off the 200 that I owe. So, yeah, it's something, but it's not, right? With the interest on student loans, which is ridiculous, like, if they really wanted to fix it, what they would do is say, all right, everyone, you have, you know, 1% interest on your student loans. They would pull back all the fees and all the interest and all what, that What is stuff. the interest rate? Ballpark. If you if I'm hitting, say if I'm blindsiding you, I apologize. Um, I'm curious. On mine, I think I've got a few different ones. It's all combined, but I think the average is like seven percent. Damn. Mm -hmm. And if you put money in the bank and let it sit, you're lucky to get half of a percent. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So I mean, it's it's brutal. That's why it's north of two hundred thousand dollars. Even though I've been out of law school for so long, like I didn't like early on in my you know public defender uh, all those other stuff. I didn't make a lot of money early on. Right, and so I so I deferred, take you know, paying whatever I could, minimum payments, everything else, uh, and then as I went along in my career, made more money. I've thrown more money at my student loans, but what the killer is, is you throw a decent chunk of money, you throw ten, twenty thousand dollars at your student loans, uh, and then you still see over the course of the year because of the interest and because of the amount, how much like how little that really impacts it. Like if you really want to attack your student loans, you literally have to throw like 50, 60 grand at it at a time to really chop it down because, or, or you have to basically make triple the payment amount. The only problem was I never made enough money to make that type of payment on my student loans. Like I've been able to throw decent chunks, like I said, 10 grand here, 20 grand there over the course of a 10 year period. But it's hard to look at it. It's hard to see a lot of progress because of the interest rate. Um, and I, just, I was never in a position, like my student loan payment, like full disclosure, is $1,100 a month. 
My mortgage is twelve. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm I'm literally paying a mortgage You're paying every for, month yeah. on top uh, yeah, of absolutely an actual mortgage and a car note and everything else. And so the ability to pay three grand a month to really start to get after these things is just not realistic. You know, I mean, because for long, the longest time, I mean, my first job out of law school, I made $38,000 a year, right? And then the next, but I was also living in Chicago, so I might as well have been not making money at right. all, right? And then, like, I come back to Cleveland, then I go, oh, all right, now I'm making $42,000 a year, all right, now I'm making $50,000 a year, all right, now I'm making sixty. right? Then I finally kind of broke through, right, got up near a hundred, and then kind of broke through that barrier with, you know, my salary and other stuff that I was doing on the side. And then that's when, you know, right. get a couple jobs with but, bonuses and things like that. But not everyone has that right, but even power. But that came late in right. the game. And so early on, like I got killed early on by not being able to make, you know, full, like trying to make all these sort of adjustments and everything else to pay the smallest amount that I could. Because I couldn't, like, and look, early on I was not driving a fancy car. Right, it's not like I, I like right. I, you know I drive a you know newer you drive Ram a fancy now, truck, yeah. right? But but even like listen, there's much fancier trucks than mine. But like let's not I make know. it like I'm driving a G wagon. But like you know early on I'm I got like I'm trying to do something. I'm making minimum payments, um, but it's you know because people go to oh living outside your means. Like I was driving a, a, a it was 2009. I was driving a 98 Chevy Malibu, right, with a shitty muffler. Um, you know, was living in a living living in an apartment in Lakewood when it was actually cheap to do that. Right. Um, you know, like the cheapest apartment that I could. It was not not anything that I you know was in Birdtown. Okay. Um, no one listening knows what Birdtown is. Yeah, but yeah. It's, but you it's do. a really trashy part. Right. It's really I'm not tra- that trashy. It's, it was though. It's, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right? still I, mean, of, I, mean, I mean, it's not great now, but I mean, it was yeah. worse then. Right. Uh, you know, but living in a shitty apartment. Uh, Going out to eat, hell no. If I like, I did. I was drinking too much, which I don't now. Um, but like, I like, I would find the cheapest possible ways to drink, right? Like, oh, sure. here's a twenty dollars wristband. Which, all which, you can which, drink. which in Lakewood you can find fairly easily. Exactly, which is the benefit of living there. Like, I was under a lot of stress. Or, or the flaw of living there, right? But you um, know, like, so I, I. But and there were a lot of people like me in that situation, and I worked my ass off that entire time. You know, I was at no point in time that I sit like I I was working full time as an attorney and still working at bars, right? Still taking clients as a personal trainer when I moved back to Cleveland, like doing all like, you know, taking any odd job that I could. And I did that even once I got a job that stabilized, you know, like when I shifted into affordable housing development, was making more money, seeing bonuses. I was still remember I was going out to Geneva. Yeah. On the lake, yeah, which is, a, right. which is a, a, you know, you driving. Bu- you were bouncing at biker bars an hour right, away from here. Driving, for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, bouncing at biker bars, dealing with all that shit, right? Literally trying to. For like to, 200 bucks a night, as I recall. Yeah, I mean, it was decent, but still, like, because no, 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 I no. needed the fucking money. Exactly. My point is, <laughs> you're, that, that was your hustle. But the thing is that you did those things and you have a much better ability to make side cash and you're a fucking lawyer. There's yeah. people who graduate with that much debt and they're social workers. Well, and, and, and the argument, social work. well, and, and this is where I get frustrated because people argue against those people like, well, you chose a career that blah, 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 blah. You chose a soft, like you have these soft skills. You should have done STEM, right? right? Like not everybody can go be an engineer, scientist, doctor, whatever, right? Like we still need, we, we yeah. still need yeah. these social workers. Yeah. Right, like we still like we absolutely like we need social workers more now than we, we ever Probably have. Ever, yep. Right, and there's a ton of different things that people. But and then you can sit there and say, well, but listen, part uh, of it that is that was not me taking a shot. That no, was, no, 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 no. But okay. what I'm saying is, and don't take this personally. Good. You're going to, All right. but 
your generation yes. and up. All right, we're in the same generation. <laughs> no, you're not. You're 10 years older than me. Same generation. Go on. Whatever. Go on. <laughs> All right, but people your age group yes. and older yeah. really kind of put people like me and younger in a bind, right? And the reason why I say that is you guys get in the job market, right? Like, you go in the 90s. You, the people, you know, the average fucking frat dude who barely went to class was getting a job at these different banks and all these other different positions, living it up, making money, going through, you know, to get through the the, the whole thing with, uh, uh, what was that big collapse in the early, early 2000s? No, no, no. Before, the one before that. Uh, remember that company down in Texas? Oh, uh, Enron. Enron. You go through the whole shit with Enron and then, you know, early 2000s, you guys are getting jobs and whatever. And then it's just like, oh man, we're making all this money, but like... You know, now we got you know all these people applying for jobs. All right, now you gotta now you gotta have a degree for entry level job, right? right? Right. Then then it was not only do you have to have a degree, but you need five years experience if you want to get this entry level job that's paying barely above minimum wage, right? Uh, you know what? Now you need a degree, you need experience, and you need a master's. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's good because now now we can keep making it up. Now I'm a vice president. Right, and I got to keep my labor low. I want to hire a lot of people, and the people I do hire, I need them to be real, real good. But I don't want to pay them a lot of money, so I'll make all these requirements for you to get in, right? And then when you get in, you ain't gonna make shit, right? And then I'm gonna treat you like shit because I got to drive you out because I don't want you making it too far because I don't want you competing for my job for damn sure, right? And again, we got to keep labor costs low, so let's just keep turning. Let's just grind the shit out of these people. Let's try to get them to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, right? Let's just grind them, grind them. We're not going to pay them anything. If they get a bonus, maybe, maybe not. Boom, 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 boom. Then they're gone. And then works out. Now you got this guy who's been sitting here making $200,000, $300,000 a year. He's perfectly good. He's all set. He's ready to retire at fucking 50. Right, and then right. then you got the people. Right. You know, you got the people. You're, you're making me sound like I'm Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. Not I'm you, not. But, but again, what did I say? Don't take it personal. But, but it's that. It's actually like, a previous generation. But, but I do. That's no. It's not because there are people. I there are people that I like who who I were in who went to Ursuline, right? Who who graduated, you know, a couple like like in the who graduated in the mid '90s. Okay. Right, who were uh, there? Are multiple people I'm thinking of specific Ed Ross, Ernie McGinnis, Bernie yeah, McGinnis, guys that you know this stuff. Yeah, but they like they were the poster children for this. Okay, would literally admit it, flat out admit it, say it out loud. And I was in college, and I, I wasn't thinking. I was just you know playing ball and drinking booze and banging girls and going to class. Right, it didn't it, like the social impact of what these guys were saying, and it was not only them. Right, and what what they were in in like everybody wants to deny it. Right now, those same guys are on LinkedIn, like, "Oh, we want social justice and equity, and we we at our bank we look to hire diversity." Like, all right, well, you've right. got one non-white person that works in your entire bank, but sure, tell me all about your diversity. But that's just that's what happened, and I'm not attacking you. No, no, You're not but, even in that field, right, or in the same right. sort of field that in engineering, I think the sciences are a little bit different, uh, are a lot different yeah. because of because you do need that. But I shouldn't need a a, a college degree. Five years experience in a possible master's to be a fucking uh, 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 a bank teller to, to work at a bank to to get people to to buy a mortgage through Chase Bank. It's okay. ridiculous. Come on. Now, now, one thing you didn't bring up that I think gets vastly under talked about is the cost of higher education and what it was like for me well, versus and, what it's like. Well, all the, of that, that ten years well, made a all huge of, difference. Well, the cost of higher education, but all of that goes together. Yeah. Right. Because what happened I was. Put that piece in. You have all you get. Well, you you need a bachelor's. You need a master's. You need this experience, 
And so it drove people into college. Like, if you want a job, you need all yeah, these things. Sure. So you got to go. So what did it do? It increased demand on higher education. And what did the universities do? Started hacking yeah, up the prices. Absolutely. Hacking up the prices. Then they went. And, and, then they and, went and, to the lenders. Springing out of the ground too. Then, then, pop right. Up. Then, I mean, then they went to the lenders and said, "Listen, we can't have all these restrictions on people coming in. We got to open the gates. They want to come in. We need to make the money. You got to. You, you can't. You can't have all these restrictions on loans. So then they said, "All right, cool." I'm walking into your trap. We'll, but, but we'll release right. the hounds, and they did. It did just right? just like and with they, housing. Just right? like with housing in the yeah, 2008. They, they, they released it. And listen, now, part of it, too, was access, right? Because it, it was it was a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you've got in that time, in the 90s and in, in the early, like it was, there was discrimination going on. It was harder for black kids to get in with the, educa- the schools and inner cities sure. and all that other stuff. So then people started seeing how it wasn't fair. So then how do you balance? All right, well, we'll make it easier for everybody to get in. Right, so on the one hand, it was good for people. Now, here's here's where now I will separate myself out. Like I was a hell of an athlete, I was a good student, and I worked my ass off outside of school in high school. That's that was what it was, right? Like so, the whole thing with college with college being expensive, I'm not in that boat. I didn't pay a dime to go to undergrad. Understood. West Point, UMass, like I didn't pay anything. I actually walked out of there with money, walked out making money at UMass because of the grants, saving money, everything else, and working. Um, law school was was is the one that that is killing me. Like I, if I were if if I felt that I could have gone into like a, a quality career, making the type of money I am now without a law degree or without an advanced degree, I definitely would have uh, because I would have walked out of there. I wouldn't have had any student loans. Well, that's easy for you to say now. It's easy for me to say now, but then like there was I, I tell you, like again, and I, I like yeah, I had political science, but I also you know had you know, double majored in economics and foreign pot, all this other stuff. I, I didn't have a bullshit degree and walked out immediately was and, and had a valuable skill set um, with some of the internships and stuff that I did in college. Uh, but I still felt it was absolutely necessary. And I wanted to be a lawyer. Let's, yeah. It's not like I was forced into it. I wanted to do that. Um, but I still felt it was absolutely necessary because I did not feel comfortable that when I walked out into the workforce out of college, that I would get hired, not because I didn't have the skill, not because I wasn't going to work hard, not because I didn't want to work, because I didn't trust that I was going to get hired because of my race. Period. Point blank. The end. And there was there was data to support it, right? Because like, and you can talk about Massachusetts being a blue state and all that other stuff. They're racist as fuck in that state. <laughs> okay, let's not have any jokes about it. If no, 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 no. I mean, right? dude, I mean, Boston is like the poster child for racist and not in Mississippi, right? Um, and so I just, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Just like the way I was treated, like looking for internships and everything else. I just felt like the only chance that I had, I had to go above and beyond. And it sounds like a cliche, but you're just like, look, you want to, like I had my, all, most of my friends went right out of college. Like I got a buddy who went right out of college, went and started working for the cabs and now a millionaire. I got another buddy went right out of college, went and started working. Like he did all sorts of shit. You know, roofing, worked for Xerox, all this other stuff. And now he's a big shot over at one of the banks, right? Got other buddy, you know, didn't even, like, barely went to college, barely graduated, like, literally pieced together his degree. It was like a general studies degree, right? And now he's the VP of something rather nonsense at such and such bank, right? Like, I mean, like, so, but they're all white. And I did not have that. I did not have that ability. Like, I went out, I looked for jobs. I applied, like, as, even though... I was in law school. I did, you know, resume, same resume. Like, oh, you got to use this special paper. You got to type your resume up. 
Sure. No interviews, no calls, no nothing. Right? Like, didn't matter, GPA, everything, all, no, nothing. So it's just like, all right, well, I, I'm, like, right now, I don't have enough in the workforce. And we all knew what it was. Right? Like, I, like, if I did get an interview, like, I could interview great. But, like, there were times where I'd walk into the interview room and people were completely stunned by what they saw. And they weren't blown away by my amazing physique. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't want to, we were doing a little personal stuff, but the first kid to get hired out of the class that graduated right after me was a friend of mine. He was a black kid. He was the first one to get hired. And there was all kinds of people griping, like, he only got the job because he's black. And this guy was, like, he was the second smartest guy in that class. Now, the first smartest guy was fucking brilliant, but an absolute fucking lunatic who had hair down to the middle of his back. He, had, he was like four foot nine, did not shave or cut his hair for like a year and a half. <laughs> so Mitchell gets the job and I see him and I said, Mitchell, I got to ask, to be honest with you, do you think you got this job just because you know me? And I was, I was baiting him. I was kind of being a dick, I guess. But I was like, I was saying like, did you get the job? Because people were grumbling. You just got it because he's black. Yeah, I'm like, but, bullshit. So, so I okay. did that to him. We were friends. He, he was like, I, I can't believe you're about to. They went, fuck you. Basically. And I'll tell you, like, so I experienced that in law school, right? Because in what you just did, I'm sure you didn't mean it that way, but like, we hear those whispers. Like, oh, I'm well, we I wasn't the one whispering. I was basically saying, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, there were people like you, right, that I went to law school with that would try to, you know, all right, I'm gonna come in and make it better, right? I'm uh, gonna you're, make it. You're misinterpreting what I was no, saying. No, I'm not. Because you went in just like, hey, man, like, you're trying to make a joke. I made a joke, yes. You're trying to make light of it. It's not a joke to us, right? Mitchell laughed to make you feel better about the shitty thing that you did, right? Because you hear, and I guarantee you, Mitchell heard more than I did because of the time frame, because of that 10 year gap. Right, like, but I still heard the whispers when I was in law school. I'm on fucking moot court. Moot court wasn't even a job. Like, you just had to, like, you had to go in and if to win, you had to have better arguments, right? And I'm being judged by a panel of all white conservative, like, it's the stiffest white people you could imagine that are. I don't know, kid makes a good argument. Kid, that's a good solid case. Boom, we win, right? But still, even in that case, well, you know why? You know why? I mean, you know why you won that. I mean, they had to. I mean, they can't not let you win. I mean, otherwise, everybody feels racist. So, congratulations, right? Like, you hear that. No, you're right. No, the 10 year difference, because feeling racist wasn't nearly as big a deal to people 10 years earlier, right? Getting called out for being a racist in 1993 it didn't, didn't carry the weight. Right, because it, I mean, it also didn't. It rarely, didn't happen. Right. It, you're right. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it did not, not like it did, but like for me in that sort of situation, like you're hearing that, people are either just directly telling you or you know what they're saying. Um, so then when, when, you know, the white guy that's your friend comes up and says, oh, I know how to make you feel better. I'm going to make a joke about this thing that makes you feel like shit, but it's okay because I'm your friend and, you know, I'm just joking about it because I'm happy for you, man. Like, well, and, and I, I was like, calling out the other douchebags who were saying that shit. Again, so. but I, All like, right. well, that, in my head, it's that, just that, like, well, thanks, good point. Good, good, good point. I mean, because <laughs> that was my, my, my opinion. My intention was to say, I hear this shit. I know it's bullshit. White I know you're complex. Was that? It's white savior complex. All right. Is that what it's I called? Mean, that's what it is. Okay. And it's like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's the... Uh, it can you know, be done like, badly. If you tell me I fucked up, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I mean, Mitchell's it's, doing fine. It's not fucked up. I mean, it's just like, in that moment, I don't need you to come in and save the day to make me fucking feel better. You know what I mean? You want to do that, uh, but, you go you go call the people out directly who are saying that, and also don't run back to me and tell, and tell me what you did. Just go fucking do it. Allow it to happen. 
and then go on with your day. That's right. how that's, I did that, and then I made the joke. That's that's how you like. If you want to be a good advocate, that's how you do it, right? Go in saying, "Don't say that. That's shitty." Blah blah blah, blah and then come back. Hey hey hey, guess what? Stood up for you. Got your back, buddy. You know what I mean? Like that's. And I know you're not. The, no. And I'm not criticizing. No, what I'm saying is like, but that's fine. when you're when I'm the person in that, and in, in maybe it is for me. I don't know. Maybe Mitchell needed that from you. All I know at the time, what my response would have been like, "Yeah, thanks," right? And you would be right. like, "What the fuck is that about?" You know what I mean? Like, and it's because I don't need George. I don't need you to fucking help me in this moment. That's not helping me. You going and telling them to go fuck themselves, right, on my behalf, but without needing my approval to show, hey, I I jumped in to save the day for you. That helps me. Well, and, and I want to. I'm just saying. This, I'm not trying to be a dick. With a, what am I saying? I'm not. Never claimed I saved the day for him. This guy got no what he got does. because. Of, what's that? No one ever does. What do you mean? Right when I'm not. Yeah, I was so not taking credit for anything. I, was I understand simply, that, but with white savior complex, you don't think in your mind like you don't see it the way we do, right? You see, that's it as, fair. I'm doing a good thing, right? And you're not. You're not saying that you're saving the day, and you, you don't. But you're just like, I'm going to fight for this cause, and I'm blah, blah blah. Like, hey, I fought for you, buddy. Right, and the problem is a white savior complex. Right, when you guys jump in and do that, if you don't get the response that you think that you should get for your efforts, then you get shitty. Right, and that's that. You know, you know. Here's the thing. First of all, let me say this in my defense: I was 22, yeah, and and, and much more naive than I am now. Yep. Um, Pro- I mean, but it's but these are yeah. Yeah, uh, we're 20. We were young. Like I was young yeah. in law school when this was going right. on. But this is still shit that's impacting the rest of your life. We're talking about jobs, careers, all that other stuff. It's grown ass adult shit, and yeah, we're all you are all young and dumb, and you know everybody's brains are still developing. You're trying to figure out the way of the world. I'm putting it out there for our listeners, and and for you, like just thinking about that. Whether it's black people or even LGBT and everything else, it's if you like if you truly want to help and advocate, you do it selflessly. And what I mean by that is you say the right thing at the right time, you hear somebody talking shit, you stop that shit in its place, you explain why. Now, you don't have to dress them down and yell at them and get in their face and go, you know, pink-haired liberal trying to, you know, attack people. But it's just like, look, you know, that's a bullshit set, man. You're just throwing that shit out there. Or it's like, you know he's one of the brightest kids in the class. You know he kicked everybody's ass when it came to testing and everything else. What the fuck are you saying that shit for? Right. Right? He he was also very athletic and, like, just was just an all-around human the guy right. I talked about being smarter than him, who was, by the way, way smarter than most people I've ever met, was completely unhirable. Which, I, right. I mean, I, and, and, and so, and, and, but again, no, that's, how, I, and, but what I'm saying is like, that's in the future, I guess. Well, but right? keep but in mind, I've evolved. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you and, have. And, 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 and there's but, a ton of shit I've done. But I think I there's plenty of people out there listening okay. who are, who consider themselves advocates or friends of or whatever. And I just want to make it clear. It's, again, it's not that I don't appreciate the support, but there's there's a way to do it, right? And it's not always your way. And if it if someone doesn't like your way that you're trying to stand up for, and they don't respond in the way in which you think that they should, and you get offended, then it 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 goes to question your sincerity. Sure. Right? Like if I don't thank you for the thing that you did where you believe that I should come and thank you, right? And it kind of is a turnoff to me, and then you get pissed at me. 
are you truly an advocate? Are you truly a friend? Or were you just doing something to make yourself feel better? In turn, you wanted me to respond positively, give you the pat on the butt and tell you, thanks, champ. And then when I didn't, you get shitty with me. So I, it's now fuck you, fuck him, fuck that, whatever. And you go and you pull Black Lives Matter off your, your, your profile on Twitter. Well, I don't know how genuine you are. And again, right. not you, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I, in general. I, you know, thank you for saying don't, it, that it's, it's tough to sit here and have this conversation and not feel attacked. I know you're not, and we have enough history, but seriously, it's one of the reasons these kinds of conversations break down is people start feeling attacked, and now it's like, wait a minute, I'm the good guy. So I see what you're saying, and what I did in 1994 might have been shitty and stupid. Yeah, but, I mean, it's... But it was... Like, and stuff like that is doesn't as much matter, right? Because, I mean, again, like you said, Mitch is probably fine. I'm fine, right? The, sure. The white kids that should, you know, jump in and pat me on the back... Wasn't the great, I, but what I'm just saying is just for future reference, yeah, I, you know, when that shit goes down, like there's just a different way to approach it. But anyway, right, we got right, sucked yeah, into that. We've totally hole. gone off, yes. And, but let's talk about, all right, so I was going to bring up Trump and Trump saying we need to bring back the firing squad because blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Paul Sherrill, a Republican from Tennessee, took it to the next level. Do you want to do it? Or do you want me to? Yeah, Paul Sherrill, you know, they're, so they're talking about reinstating the death penalty in Tennessee. And, you know, they listed out, uh, you know, lethal injection, electric chair. I think they added firing, firing squad to it. And then Paul Shirell gets in and is like, I would like to add that uh, we hang people by a tree as well. I'd like that added to the amendment or whatever. And everyone's like, okay, we got that in. And, you know, like they kind of move on from it. And look, this guy, Paul Shirell, who's a, you know, 70-year-old, congressman from tennessee state congressman right uh state rep as opposed to you know he's not in dc right um chimes in with this and look you're in tennessee you're 70 years old paul you lived through the civil rights movement you lived through all that shit you and you weren't a you weren't like a baby when it happened you know you were a teenager to possibly early 20s depending on what what time frame we're talking about um, you know damn well what you're saying when you're talking about hanging people from a tree in Tennessee. Yeah. Right. When you got a state. Talk about badly. Thank right, you for my right, bad wording. Right. I <laughs> Thank mean, you, like, Paul Cheryl, for listen, making me look like right, a Like when you got a town in your state called Lynchburg, right, and you've got a history of, you know, brutal racial violence over the last, I don't know, 300 years, um, this this is this seems very intentional, right? Because he can say, "Oh well, I mean, the, hanging people by a tree was a was a common occurrence, whether you were black or white. It wasn't about race." Like, mm, yeah, it was. It really was, right? It really was. Lynching is a whole the, ass the, thing. The state never hung people from a tree. They had gallows. <laughs> right. I mean, it just not that it, it makes it better, but, <laughs> but but it's different in the sense that one thing is literally. Throw the word tree. If you said, I would he bring said back hang people from a tree. I, I saw it. He said those words. I'm not right. no, disputing that for a second. But if you say, in addition to the firing squad, I want to bring back hanging. All right. That's. If you it, say that's, gallows, that's, hanging, that's on the whatever. edge. But this I mean, is like clearly very specific. Talking about hanging people from trees. Um, you know, in, in again, in a place like Tennessee, if this were to go through, how many, how many white people would they actually hang from a tree? I have to imagine not many. Right, but I have to imagine Tennessee, like every other state, has their issues, and I'm pretty sure we would see a number of black bodies hanging from trees. And frankly, I'm not standing for it. I wouldn't stand for it. Right? Yeah, I don't even live in Tennessee. 
right. I wouldn't stand for it. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't, <laughs> you know, like you, you can tell me you're going to publicly hang a black person from a tree in 2023. Fuck you. I'll go Robin Hood on your ass. No, that would be bad because I'm terrible. I've never actually shot been a bow or, or been on a horse. So. Well, no, I wouldn't do it from a horse and try okay. to get on a stable. And try I'm to a pretty good archer. I'll step in for you. All right, great. Um, but I mean, the point is that's just so distasteful. Yeah. Um, it feels like blatant racism. If Paul Sherrill wants to make an argument that it's not, he can fuck right off. Come on the show, bitch. Uh, <laughs> no, probably just fuck right off. Uh, but yeah, I just, I like, seriously, also, I think we should reach out to him and try to get him on the show. Sure. It won't happen. No, I, won't. I mean, it's worth, it's worth it just to get the rejection, I guess. <laughs> but like, I don't even know. I, I mean, it feels like this is very intentional to stir the pot. Um, just to show, like, this is where I stand with this. Right, right. You know, like, that's, that, because, I mean, I, now, I also don't know what the probability of that going through is. I have no faith that they would be like, nah, this is too far. Right? Like, in, in today's age, in Tennessee, I have no reason to believe that that won't be on the final amendment when they, when, when it, when it passes, if it passes. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, because we've done a lot of that, but... If I was going to get executed, I would prefer firing squad to lethal injection or electric. <laughs> Put a fucking bullet in me or five bullets in me and get it over with. I agree. I've seen lethal injection videos. Actually, I did when I was on Mike Woods' podcast, he showed a video of a guy, and it was fucking horrific. You know, they, mm -hmm. they paint a picture of, oh, you get put down on a gurney and you go to sleep. Well, first of all, you know you're strapped down. You're literally locked. All right. This would, I'm not running down the rabbit hole that I said I didn't want to go down. But yeah, shoot me. Yep. Um, no, don't shoot me. But <laughs> All right. Speaking of racist old guys, our boy Scott. All right, my boy Scott Adams is actually someone I used to like. I used to love the Dilbert cartoons back in the day. I used to actually have a Dilbert calendar. Mm. Um, I they were funny. I mean, I'm having worked in a cube farm yeah. a lot of my career. It it was comedy directed at people living the life I was living. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how fucked up this dude was. I kind of remember him being an early on guy saying Trump is going to win. But I thought that was just purely an analytical thing, not a, I can't wait for this. You're making faces like you knew this guy was scum, scumbag. So you want, let's first of all say what he said. Again, you want it or you want me to? Um, yeah, so Scott Adams, he, gets, he goes on his YouTube channel and he says basically that white people should avoid black people like the plague and stay away from them. White pe or Black people are racist. And he, he goes off this poll from, I think, Rath, Rasmussen, um, where... A percentage, a percentage of black people. Fifty-three percent said it wasn't okay to be white. Or I don't something know. Like something. That. There were some percentage that said, you know, that it was not okay to say it's okay to be white, right? Like that. It was like, all right, what do you think of this phrase? Is this phrase it's okay to be right okay? Uh, you know, you've got this overwhelming. This you know, fifty half the people say no, it's not okay to say it's okay to be white. So Scott Adams then says that, you know, black people are not appreciative enough of white people's efforts to help them, and he's got his own personal beef with groups like Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the other thing. Now, I'm kind of merging his YouTube versus an interview he did uh, with some uh, a blogger, broadcaster, or whatever, um, but... He says that he didn't mean it as you know. He said that you know this makes the this makes these black people a hate group, whatever. That's right. Uh, and and he says he's not a racist. He was trying to you know stimulate conversation, and he was being a bit of a provocateur. But it was more about having a conversation, and because of it, he's been canceled, um, and he's being touted as a racist. And that's not you know he's like he's very left leaning. And that he he 
you know, has done a lot to help and support black people and his efforts haven't been met with the praise and adoration that he thinks that it should, but he doesn't care about that, but he feels that we, we need to have these deeper conversations to kind of get to the root cause of racism. Then he gave an example that I thought this is where uh, he really kind of, he lost me completely. He says that, you know, a black person in Cleveland, if they want to get a job, you know, at a corporate job, they should leave Cleveland because there's too many black people there. And the number of black people there that are qualified for jobs uh, is, is high. And all these corporations are woke and want diversity. So the fight for jobs in Cleveland for black people, it's too much, right? There's too I, much. Uh, did he specifically call out Cleveland? Or you yes, just, he said wow, Cleveland. Wow, okay. He said Cleveland. Is he from here? I don't know. I don't uh, care. I mean, right, but he says, he, he says, oh, you know, there's too many black people in Cleveland that are qualified. And all these corporations are looking for diversity. They don't want white people. And they're only looking for, for qualified black people. And you've got better chance. Instead of staying in Cleveland, you need to go somewhere where the numbers are flipped and it's mostly white. Right, so then you're one of the few candidates going for jobs, and you have to get hired because all these corporations are looking for is diversity, and it's all about race. And so you need to go somewhere where it's mostly white, and then you'll immediately be hired at a high level position because you are you fill their numbers from a diversity from a uh, diversity standpoint. Uh, now, look as a person as a black person that works in the white collar area, what I can tell you is that Scott Adams doesn't know dick about fuck. Okay, that's not They're how any of this. That's not how any of this shit works, right? You look at these major firms around Cleveland. You look at these major firms around anywhere, right? Law firms, banks, all that other stuff, right? Like, the funny thing is, like, okay, so you look at who they have, and like, they may have a black person or two, right? And then there may be a Middle Eastern guy or woman or whatever or two. Right, but then you you look at the entire employee. Right, you got two hundred people, and you've got seven non-white people, and apparently that is, oh my God, the fucking colors are coming in and invading everything, right? And that's how most of these corporate boards and all look. If they have anybody of color, right, it's a a, a fraction of a percent of the total people, right? Or it's just a if you've got ten board members and they got one black person, they all tout their diversity and everything, and apparently that's. For, for Scott Adams, what he, another thing that he said in his interview was that, you know, we've done enough, you know, black people have gotten enough and, and uh, you know, affirmative action has run its course. And, you know, now they're starting to take up all the high level jobs and, and we need to balance things out because of the discrimination against white people. They don't have a chance at any of these jobs. Right. And, and, and white, like, and they're, they're literally saying this shit out loud. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, and it's just like, yeah, like, look, our corporations, being making a, a stronger effort to, to broaden who they're looking for and who they're hiring by considering non-white applicants and, and actually interviewing black applicants and come to find out, like, if they take away race and they look at the qualification, oh, this person is pretty qualified and this person is pretty good. Ah, you know what? I mean, fuck, we'll give them a chance. And then the person does well and climbs through the ranks, right? And they've got the track record in the resume. All right, well... Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Right? I'm sorry. No, is, you, is, uh, it, is it or know, not? And, and, I, I don't think you just three-level three chess played me here, but you kind of brought it all around to the earlier conversation we're having about being discriminated against in my generation. Yep. And now this is basically a an old white guy saying, it's not fair. 
if, if I'm saying it the way I honestly believe it, it's not fair because the playing field is getting more level. That's exactly what he's saying. Because the playing field is getting more level, all of a sudden that they feel attacked and, and right. they feel that there's... I don't there's, have this privilege anymore. There's right. that fucking like word. But it, well, there's less opportunity. Like, yeah, that's, yeah that is... It's called competition, bitch. Right. It's competition. That's the way it fucking works, right? And sometimes you lose, right? And frankly, to sit there and say that where we are right now, that, that, that white men are just completely discriminated in the workforce in corporate America... It's fucking laughable. It is laughable, but I'll tell you, in their minds, it is 100% real. That's fine. It's, but, it's, I, yeah, I, I, you, but that's look, not, that's you, just fuck, not. Look, fuck it. I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you, but I can tell you, when I talk to these guys. And coming from a guy like Scott Adams, like who's, right. made, who's made millions, millions of dollars yes. off of a shitty cartoon. I never thought that was like funny. It. I would read it. I'd just like, what the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, You're but, not a nerd. I am. Well, okay, kind of fine. I mean, uh, just, but I, I never really thought, like, I. Right. I but fine, but the dude has made a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Now he's lost most of his earning power in the comic strip world. Sure. But let's let's be honest. I'm sure he makes money off of his YouTube page, um, through advertising and everything else. I'm sure he's going to start to get absorbed in the conservative media and everything else. As like, look, this guy is a white you, progressive. You, you, you know what? Saying our thing. You know what? That's going to be interesting to see. Where and, does it go? Right. Where does it go? And I what mean, does like, he do? Right. And look, the, either way, Scott Adams is good for money for the rest of his life. He's an older guy. I'm sure he's in, he's probably in his 50s or his 60s or whatever. Um, like I said, he's made millions, even though he lost his main source of income, which I'm sure is a blow. Right? I'm not saying it's sure. not a financial blow, but it is. Uh, now, you know, people going out and say, oh, he's like, look, here's my thing with him. Scott Adams is exactly what he is. He is a older, I think older, north of 60 white guy that's seen a lot of success. He's made a lot of money. And how he made that money was literally drawing a cartoon. So, so Scott's got some time on his hands. Scott also fancies himself as, I'm pretty sure he's one of the few people, or I'm sorry, he's one of the people that firmly believes that he is the smartest guy in the room, in any room that he walks into, right? So Scott has a very high opinion yeah, of himself. Oh, yeah, now, he, he, he does will like also, himself. I'm sure he will also be the first guy to tell you, oh, I'm not that smart, uh, there's plenty of people smarter than me, I'm just a guy making observations, right? But we all know what you think, Scott, about yourself and everything else, which is fine, have that confidence, rock on. Um, but you got a guy who's got a lot of fucking time on his hands. He's got a lot of money. He knows that he's set for life no matter what. Um, he's got these provocative thoughts, right? And I'm sure he probably, in his mind, wanted to stimulate a, com a conversation. You know, people want to go out with the late... He is a racist or, you know, he is a patriot, depending on how you feel, right. who's supporting him or whatever. Um, but... In the end, I think he, in his mind, believes that he was trying to stimulate conversation, but he he knew that the way he was going about it was going to cause, you know, turmoil and pushback and everything else. But that was a part of the point that he was going to make or that he's trying to make is that you can't have these conversations. You can't talk about anything. You can't say anything people don't like. They'll immediately cancel you. And that's a problem. I'm not a racist. What I'm pointing out is that we have this inability to have civil discourse with people who don't agree with the things that they're saying or that they believe. He's not wrong in that assessment, but if you actually wanted to have the conversation and you knew how people reacted, why not figure out an actual way to have the conversation without creating this divide, without right. having to go through all this? And I, I, it's not even about the money that he lost. It's about that your whole point was to talk about having was about creating civil discourse. 
And instead, what you did was you you did the very thing that every you, like you're no different than Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Like you're not you didn't actually want to have discourse because if you did, you just would have had the conversation, right? Like you, you would have figured out a way, a better way to have the conversation and to stimulate it and to start it. But you chose to do this do it this way, and then you chose to go to the people that you went to, knowing that those people were controversial or whatever. And some of the people I'm not going to mention just because I don't want to give them additional airways and I don't want people going to their sites or feeds or whatever. Um, you know, he may have been on Joe Rogan or he's going to be on Joe Rogan soon. And I think that, he has a long time yeah, ago he was. And, and I'm sure he'll be back and Joe Rogan will eat up everything he says and says that the guy is a brilliant genius and everything else and that he totally gets it because Joe Rogan is also in that camp. Um, although I don't believe that Joe Rogan thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but he Joe definitely Rogan, does not. But Joe Rogan does, you know, believe that you know he was unfairly attacked, and he's a left-leaning white guy. And then, you know, they attacked him over the whole COVID thing. So now he's basically just in the. I'm just going to go with conserv- I'm going to take my ball and go home and play with the conservatives because. You know, the progressives didn't make me their king or leader or whatever, and we've seen this I, You see, I'm going to defend Joe Rogan, which you I know you're going to defend him. Because, because I don't think that's a fair thing. I don't it think is it's totally fair. fair. It's okay. 100% fair. Because what happened? He came out against COVID, and he was, okay. I believe, unfairly attacked. Like, listen, the guy said, I don't know, I think we should think about this. There's some other shit going on. Yeah. Joe, I don't know if I agree with you, but, I mean, I'm wor- I think it's worth looking at. Then the people on the left did go after him viciously and said yeah. ridiculous, yeah. Oh, yeah. stupid oh, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. right? And Joe Rogan took that shit personal. Sure. How dare you? I am the king of all things funny and great because I've got a three-hour podcast where I get high and I talk to anybody and I'm fun and I try to and I'm a really good interviewer. And now you're attacking me. Well, fuck you, everybody on the other side. Now I'm with these guys and I'm gonna give these guys a voice. And everything these guys say, I'm going to buy into and tell you how smart they are and how amazing. And I'm going to go after the other side. If I got anything wrong, please tell me. You, yeah, you got a, a few things wrong. He has what not, did I get wrong? He has not gone after the other side. He has not He changed. has absolutely gone. I can go to his Twitter feed right now and show you where he's directly attacked people on the left. Like, over their views and the things that they say, saying that they're, well, saying that the well, left well, are well, groomers. Well, like, go, getting into the whole thing with the left being groomers, with trans and everything else. Like, just... Just spouting off the same shit that they're that the Marjorie Taylor Greens and Matt Gates are saying. If Next. Right, I, I, I listen, I listen to Joe Rogan all the time, okay, all the time. Then he, you're you're conveniently just forgetting okay, oh, when he when he does well, show. I, well, 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 I, don't, I don't listen to every word he says. So fine, he said that. I, but I he don't also has a three hour podcast. He does have three. He does three hour. It is high, and but he he has flat out said like socially he's liberal as fuck. He was really pissed at how he was really pissed at how California handled COVID. When he came out and said his dumb shit about, I threw the kitchen sink at it, including uh, taking ivermectin. And then Don Lemon, so he definitely went after Don Lemon, but he had every right to. And by the way, he had uh, uh, Sanjay Gupta on his show like a week later and called out like, look, you know, you couldn't get more CNN than Sanjay Gupta other than maybe Don Lemon. Why did he have Sanjay Gupta on the show? I... Well, to talk about what he did with regarding regarding COVID, right? But, but it wasn't. But, but then after, like, right, we, we're gonna go way long, dude. But some of his guests, like, I, I mean, like, you're gonna defend. Okay, fine. I, I mean, I know Joe right. Rogan is a fucking golden boy, and you can't say anything about. No, it. No, you can say whatever you want. Just I, but you're I, gonna defend, like, you're, you're def- gonna defend I, him and conveniently leave out shit that he says and that he does. Like, he is who he is and what he is. You know, I mean, I just, I, like, I, I like, I we got we got to move on. We got one more story we got to so cover. Made fun of your boyfriend. No, it's. <laughs> Moving on. Screw up. Um, all right. We, we, we're, we're already over. 
but we got to talk about, I don't even, no, I don't have the guy's name and I don't care. There's an old white guy who was banned from a bar in uh, Boonesboro, Maryland, which I looked up. I didn't know where it was. Is but this actually, the last thing we're going to talk about? No, we're going to do a bonus show to talk about sports stuff because we're already over hour five. Okay, just, Is that right? Yeah, just oh, sure. I'm, Go ahead. Well, Monopolize my time. <laughs> or not. I mean, we can power through if you want. I don't, I don't want this to be that. I, I don't care, dude. Like some, okay. All right, guys. Here's the, here's the nuts and bolts of it. Some white guy ran his mouth in a restaurant. They kicked him out of the restaurant. So then he's turning around and suing the restaurant and saying that he's banned because he's white. Right? And now, he, he's white and old. Like So they banned him and his friend. Now, the restaurant came out and said this guy has a history of being abusive and shitty to the staff. They got tired of his shit. They said, you don't own this place. Old white, old white guys like you treat us like shit. Get the fuck out. He's suing. Listen, the restaurant, I'm sure this guy, they probably have proof of this guy being an yes. asshole over the 100%. course of the years. 100%. Um, he is doing this, and, and like they came out and said, they're like, look, we, are, we, you know, we actively support these causes, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, whatever. He doesn't like it. He makes us think about it on a regular basis. We're tired of it. We kicked him out. He's saying, right. that's not fair. You're kicking me out because I'm white. You're kicking me out because I'm old and because I, I, I'm sure. a conservative. Uh, good luck, buddy. The, here, here, here's why this, all right, this is a non-story in the grand picture. The reason I wanted to talk about this is people are now protesting that place and they're making it sound, this is back to the whole white, old white guy victim thing. We've, we've talked about this. I mean, it, it's funny. You think we planned it. It is. But we but, didn't. I mean, like, relating to Scott Adams, relating to the, again, the bullshit with Marjorie Taylor Greene and everything else, um, it empowers guys like this to behave the way that they behave. And then when people get fed up with it, then now they're the victim and they're being attacked. Um, and and I think, listen, you, you the restaurant's got to stand the ground. Not let this guy back in. If if he if he truly was being an asshole right. and like treating staff like the way that the, you that have they, every they say, right as an right. owner to do that. Just you know, say, don't I mean, come here anymore. And like this guy is going. Like, I'm sure he's going to get support from some conservative politician. I don't know if anyone will look at this and how. Like I don't know if he ends up on Tucker Carlson, you know, Fox News or something. I like that. hope so. He could, um, but even like if he he likely will. Right and and then but then what right he'll, like, he'll I be mean, preaching to the choir yes but here's the thing that guy exists in massive numbers in this neighborhood I know multiple old white guys who are complete assholes one called a bartender I'm a, fan, a friend of a cunt and he was told you can't come here anymore and if you were to say oh, it's because I'm old and white and they said no you're an asshole and you literally berated a member a staff member who's a manager by the way bartender and a manager fuck you you don't get to come here anymore and yeah i mean it's it's interesting it, it would be interesting to see what the staff like what the demographics of the makeup of the restaurant are all right now i'm talking about no no no, no 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 i, I, oh, I know what Boone's, and Bo Boone's in Boonesboro, Maryland. Maryland. I would bet it's overwhelmingly white. Probably, I just—I've never been. Like, I I've been to a either. lot of places in Maryland, but I—I'm assuming that it's probably. I, I agree with you. Halfway between Hagerstown and Frederick. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's mostly white. <laughs> that's that's all you need. That's where that's where <laughs> that's, it is. Yes, yeah, I looked okay. it up. I didn't okay. know, but, but yeah. And I mean, this is rural as hell. Yeah. And all right, so it's it's mostly white. And, and I, although I, I don't know, but Maryland is still weird with the way Maryland's weird. But Mar like with their demographic, it's not as segregated as many other places. True. Like outside of Baltimore, oddly <laughs> enough, like, Baltimore is very or, segregated. Or, or, or DC, right? But not. once you get into like actually DC is not as bad. But, actually, you're right. But but like DC is not nearly as bad as Baltimore. But I think this area is probably mostly white. 
and I'm probably guessing the staff is probably mostly white uh, and everything else, given where it is. The owner is so, white and 40-something. I saw right, a picture. Like, so, I mean, like, they're probably just like, look, we're, you know, probably white and progressive, which is not uncommon in Maryland. Uh, but in a conservative area, this guy's all got his panties in a bunch because of their, their shit, and then he kicks them out. But it's just like, you, so you're telling, you're telling me that this white, these white people are kicking you out because you're your race and white. Age. I mean, the age thing, I, that's, that's just, I, don't, I mean, it's a case that's going nowhere. Right. Um, but the fact that people are rallying to this cause is kind of a, kind of a sign of where we are. Yeah. The, we, I mean, we've talked a lot on this episode about the old white guy victim syndrome. Yeah. And this is that in a nutshell. Yep. All right, let's wrap it up on that. We can do some sports stuff. Yeah. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and we're done. Yeah.